Hey everybody, we are here. And here we go again. It's another year. A new year to be exact, coming right up. It's the beginning of a brand new year. I want to ask you, what are your intentions for the new year? Seems like we go through this every year at this time, don't we? <laughs> so, you know, we, we face a brand new year. Is it just another calendar with fresh little boxes that we have to fill in all of our appointments? Nice pictures to look at. Oh, I know. Let's see. Sometimes people think, oh, I know the box I'm going to check off. A diet. The gym. I'm going to be on time for work. Less screen time. That's what I need. This is the time of year that we make promises to ourselves that we're going to break in the next four or five weeks. <laughs> so anyway, that's what we're going to talk about today. Thanks to you for joining me. Dave Ferry and New Hope Radio, the Hope Club Podcast. We are here. Going to end the year and start off a brand new one today. Not that today is New Year's, but it's coming up. I like the observance of the new year that is made by the people in um, Ecuador. They have a pretty good tradition. You know what they do? And the tradition has a very significant meaning to them as well. And that's why they do it. During the week before January 1st, people create and decorate scarecrow-like dummies. Okay? And um, at midnight on New Year's Eve, they take these dummies out and they set them on fire. It's called burning the old man. And this tradition gives the people a sense of um, new beginnings, represents uh, the burning away of their sins and their shortcomings. Now, many of these people have not experienced the cleansing power of Jesus Christ, so they ignite these dummies in the hope of removing their sin. But for Christians, the knowledge of Christ's redemption, you know, that should cause us to confess our sins and burn the old man every day. Every day. We're going to see in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. Here's what Paul said. Maybe it's a good New Year's passage. In reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit. Yeah, man, the old self, it's like dying. It's rotting away. And he said, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self. Why do I want to do that? Because it's in the likeness of God. And it's been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. God has given us something new and something fresh, something to wear, something to walk in. God provides for us a brand new way of living. Because the old way is rotting away. And the new way is the way of life. So, three things Paul gives us to do. Number one, 
lay aside the old self. Go burn that dummy, right? Lay aside the old self. Number two, be renewed in your mind. Get some new kind of thinking going. Stop thinking the old way and the old thoughts and start thinking a new way. And then thirdly, put on the new self. Now, this is important because, you know, when you become a Christian, you are a new creation. Yeah, you're, you're not what you used to be. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, are you in Christ? That means you put your faith in him as your Savior. He's in you, you're in him. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. In other words, God is, he hasn't cleaned you up, he's made you new. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. That's your standing with God. Your old standing with God is gone, alienated from God, dead to God. New things have come. You're alive to God. Because of that, we are now instructed to live in this newness of life. This is why for some people, Christianity doesn't do it. You know why? Still living in the old life. Haven't put on the new man. Oh, yeah, you're going to church. Oh, yeah, singing songs. Put two bucks in the offering. But you're not living in it. You're not living in the new life. So it's like, ah, this isn't working. But we have to live in the newness of this life. So what I like to do, I like to give you five helps that will enable you to live in the new creation. Okay? Because it's one thing to say, okay, that's what the Bible says, but how do I do it? And that's what we need in our messages today. We need the how-tos. Here's what God says to do, but how do we do it? So I'm going to give you five things to help you live in the new creation that God has made you to be as we go into a brand new year, okay? Number one, turn your false love into a true love. Oh, what does that mean? Well, let's say your love for God. Turn your false love for God into a true love for God. In other words, spend some time with God every day. See, the one you love, you want to spend time with. The one you love, you want to please. That's why we we started something brand new a few weeks ago. We started an Instagram devotional broadcast, 6 a.m., Monday through Friday. Spend time with God. Brand new. Yeah, I dragged myself out of bed. It's not fun, but that's okay. It's worth it. And you can watch it anytime. But I have a following right now, a good group of people, man. 6 a.m., boom, they're ready to go. Probably got their coffee and their Bible and whatever and spend about six or seven, eight minutes just starting off with God. It's awesome. David Therian on Instagram or Therian6034. People have their numbers. They give us numbers after our names, you know, to find us. That's the whole key. Spend time with God. In Matthew 3.17, it says, A voice out of the heavens said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. God the Father was pleased with His Son. Because Jesus himself said he always did the things that pleased the Father. Love means time spent. 
And Jesus often spent time with his father. He would go away by himself and pray and refresh his heart. Here it comes in fellowship with God. That's how you refresh your heart. You get away and you enter into fellowship with God. Second thing I want to give you, turn your religion into a relationship. I know you say, I'm not religious. Well, let's see. Is it going to church that you're interested in? Or is it a changed life? Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. A lot of people go to church because they like to go to church. That's okay. But wait a minute. The outcome should be a changed life. That's the outcome of going to church. Not, hi, how are you? Haven't seen you in a week. Not singing your favorite gospel songs. It's a changed life. You know, surveys tell us 80 to 90% of Americans consider themselves Christians. This is obviously far from the actual number. They're not really born again. Because if it were true, this country would not be as immoral as it is, nor would the laws. We wouldn't be promoting sinful lifestyles the way we are. Corporations and governments and educational facilities are, are, pand- are pandering to the immorals of the country. We're actually condoning immorality. Don't tell me 80% of Americans are Christians. They're not. The Ten Commandments will not be banned from public schools and public buildings. Saying Merry Christmas would not be offensive. Islam would certainly not make the inroads that it is in our country today, nor would homosexuality, nor would uh, transgenderism and the abuse of children. Oh, it's out of control. Children are being abused today by their parents and by doctors. Gender reassignment. It's an abomination. To be a Christian means living the life. That's what it means. Living the life is standing up for truth and calling sin, sin. That's living the life. It's for the good of society. It's for the good of the family. It's for the good of the individual. We have to call it what it is. If you don't, it's going to take over. The third thing to do to help you to put on the new man Make your fountain bring forth good water, not bitter water. What are we talking about here? We're talking about your words. Have your words seasoned with grace. You know what James said? James said in his little epistle, chapter 3, verse 8, But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. Wow. From the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. He said, my brethren, these things ought not to be this way. Does a fountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? So the the opening of the fountain is our mouth. Does the fountain send out good and bad water? No. It's either one or the other. 
so should it be with our mouth. See, because our words are powerful. Do you know, words can change the destiny of a person. They can. Look at what bullying is done, or it's doing, to our young people today. When I was in school, bullying was in the school. Now it's online. Now it's in social media. That's even more cowardice. And we have young children being attacked, and some of them are taking their lives. Because words are that powerful. And then when you get older, the pain doesn't go away. Words don't hurt less when you're older, when you're an adult. As a matter of fact, many of us wear the scars on our hearts from things said to us, even years before. Some of us have given those scars to others. Scars don't go away. You know, scars are with us for a lifetime. Oh, you get a wound, right? And it'll heal, but the scar is a reminder of the wound. And when we're wounded by words, the scar is there. And it's a reminder. That's why James says, be careful. When we put on the new man, let's be extra cautious of what we say and how we say it. Let's be thinking people. Let's be godly people. Okay? Number four. Don't be sparing in your caring. Send a card, a note, a phone call to someone in need. You know, we can be so busy that we leave out people. We can be so busy doing the good that we omit the best. The best has to do with people. Jesus didn't die for meetings. He didn't die for church boards. He died for people. He died for the lost. He made himself available to the hurting. I was just kind of scrolling through the Gospel of John today, and I looked at all the times that Jesus stopped for the hurting. You know, blind Bartimaeus, the woman at the well, oh, a man's son, a woman's daughter. I mean, on and on and on and on. Jesus was always available for people. Even when he was going somewhere, if he was interrupted, he stopped. Oh, we live in such a busy time today. We just step over needy people. Maybe we need to slow down. Maybe putting on the new man is a a wake-up call that needy people are more important than the things that we have to do. Talk about a reassignment, okay? Let's think about that. In the new year, ask yourself, what can I do for those that are lost? How many people in my life are lost? What can I do? What can I do to bring them out of darkness into the light? Maybe send a note once in a while. Maybe drop them a phone, drop a phone call or send them a little booklet. Something just to kind of spur them, um, spark their spirit. Get them thinking about God. You know, we love those that love us. 
But beware, it doesn't become a Christian clique, a small, exclusive circle. Don't just be comfortable with those that like you, or they are like you. Because you have to put on the new man. You know what Jesus did, right? He <laughs> he left heaven, came down here to a sinful world to make himself totally and completely available to us. What a role model for each and every one of us. And then the fifth thing I want to give you to help you to put on the new man. Turn your dead faith into a living faith. Let's come alive for God. Because James talked about that too. Oh, he must have had some big problems in his church. <laughs> he did. He had all kinds of stuff going on. He talked about favoritism. Here he talks about faith without works is dead. It's a dead faith. James 2.26, he said, just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. Faith that is dormant is a dead faith. Doesn't do anything. It's got no life. It's a dead faith. There's a difference between benevolence and true faith. Benevolence, that's a good deed. But oftentimes it's done for human applause. True faith is a good deed done where there is only God that sees it. And that's good enough. Faith is stepping up and stepping out. That's faith. Faith is trusting God. God is, is, is carrying out a divine assignment. That's faith. Adam Clark, he said, here's how it works. He said, the more a man exercises faith in Christ, the more he is enabled to believe. The more he believes, the more he receives. And the more he receives, the more able he is to work for God. Obedience is his delight. I like that. Obedience is his delight. Because love to God and love to man is the element in which his soul lives. That's his, that's what he lives in. He's motivated by love for God and love for man. And then he goes on and he says, Reader, thou professest to believe, show thy faith, both to God and man, by a life conformed to the royal law whichever gives liberty and confers dignity. So what's he saying? He's saying, listen, that when you live in true faith, man benefits. Mankind benefits when we live in faith, and God is glorified. So in the new year, make yourself available to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Show that your faith is alive. This is what makes the new man real. Okay? The new man is there, but man, he's got to come alive in us. So, in summary, a new year is a great time for a new perspective. It's a clean slate, a fresh approach to life. Right? We're all getting ready to get some new ideas, right? 
for the new year. Three things Paul gives us to do. Lay aside the old self. Be renewed in your mind. Put on the new self. And the evidence of this transformation is the five things that I just gave you. I'm going to take a quick break, let you know about the Hope Club, and come back and give you a quick review. If you enjoy the Word of God, and you'd like to get a brief morning devotional in the email, Monday through Friday, and you'd also like to help spread God's Word to others, then the Hope Club is for you. Just go to newhopecc.tv, click the giving button, choose Radio Fund, commit $3 a week. We'll send you the devotional to help you start your day with a beautiful spiritual walk with God. And thanks for helping to spread the good news of Christ. Be a part of the Hope Club. Oh, the Hope Club, it is. It really is a blessing for people. They get an email every day. It's a blessing for us, too, because we get to cover our expenses for radio broadcasts and podcasts, and nothing's free. Nothing's free. And, um, you know, we're glad to be called by God to do something like this. Okay, so let me give you a quick review of what we just talked about. Put on the new man. It's a new year. Let's go. Get fired up for God. Number one, turn your false love for God into a true love. Spend time with God every day. Go to church with the intention, I want to change my life. I know I do, because I'm a mess. If I don't change my life, I'm a goner. I need to change all the time. And God's working. Yeah, he's come a, come a ways. Got a long way to go. So let that be your attitude, okay? Let your attitude be, I want a changed life. I'm going to spend time with God because I want my life to change. Number two, don't be religious. Work on your relationship, okay? Religion is just what we do out of obligation. We're more ritual-oriented, but it's not personal. See, the, there's a, an excitement that wells up within a person when we talk about relationship with Christ. When you love the Lord, inside of you says, man, I can't wait for church. I love to read his word. People are important. See, these are all outflows of loving the Lord Jesus because you love what he loves and you have a shared heart with him. Thirdly, make your fountain bring forth good water, not bitter water. Let your words be seasoned with grace. Be aware. You know, Matthew chapter 12, 40 something says we're going to be judged by every idle word that we speak. I'm like, oh man. I wish I could go back and start over. <laughs> I spoke a lot of idle words in my life. I don't know how that's going to work out. I don't know how that's going to pan out for me, but I'm not going to like it, I'll tell you. So we have to be on our God on how we speak. Number four, don't be sparing in your caring. That's easy to remember, right? Be available to people. Send notes. Send cards. Make phone calls. Let people know that they're important, that you're thinking about them. Pray for people. People need encouragement. We live in a day of discouragement. People need encouragement. Nothing like a little note in the mail to say, hey, God is with you. 
God loves you. Keep going. And then fifthly, it's about faith. Turn your dead faith into a living faith because, like James says, faith without works, (coughs) dead, dead, has no life. Now, works don't save us. Works are the evidence that we're saved. That's the key. How do I know I'm saved? Well, a good way to tell is that my faith is alive and it's doing something. That's how I know. And when we can get these five principles going in our life, watch the difference that it will make in your life. Watch the difference. Because this is what we're looking for. I think we're all looking for the same thing. We're all looking for peace with God, love from God, love for our fellow man, the joy of the Lord, the empowering of the Holy Spirit. We're all looking for the same things, and God wants us to have those things, but there are things that we need to do. We need to be diligent in our walk. We need to present, as Paul said in Romans 12, present our bodies a living sacrifice. The Christian life is not a convenient life. It's not about convenience, but it is a considering life. We consider, we think it's a thinking life. That's what the Christian life is. You've got to be a thinker. It's not about feelings and it's not about emotions. It's about thinking, thinking along the lines of God according to his word. You know, if you do the Christian life right, it really is a good life. It is. And some people, they just, you know, they wear the label. It's like buying a jersey of your favorite athlete. You wear their jersey, but (laughs) you don't go through the disciplines that they do to be athletes. You just wear the jersey. You don't want to wear the jersey of Jesus. You want to be like Jesus. You got to go through the disciplines and have a Christ-centered life. Okay? So, here comes the new year. Let's get ready. Let's ramp it up and make it count. Make our life count for the kingdom of God more than ever before. And you know what? It'll come back on you. It will. It'll come back on you in some wonderful ways. God is faithful and God is there and he will bless the one that blesses him. You bless God. God will bless you. He promises you that. Cast your bread upon the water, Solomon said. After many days, it'll return back to you. That's it for today. Signing off. We'll see you next time.